The Crossman Conversation brought to you today by Community Legal Services, Maynard Cooper, Frontier Partners, by Crossmark Services, and Roto Speaks. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. The Crossman Conversation is hosted by John Crossman. John's heart is to see our community of leaders unite around what we have in common. John will be joined by political leaders, religious leaders, as well as activists making a difference in our nation. Here is your host for the Crossman Conversation, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation. Mike, hey, buddy. Hey, a story, right? I have a quick story for you. A quick story, okay. I do, I do. So um, I'm doing this work. Um, and it, it's the work that I'm doing in this context, very much I would put in the context of like civil rights kind of race work. And this is recent and um, in the last year. And in the middle of it, um, I'm dealing with a woman and, and she's a wonderful lady. Um, and she is a, like a crisis media person. So we were in a crisis kind of situation dealing with this huge mm-hmm. complicated thing. And it was a reporters call me on the weekends and stuff like that. Crazy. So she and I were talking the depths of it and she stopped me. And at the end of it, we were talking and she said, can I ask you a personal question? And I said, sure. And she said, um, why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this? Like, why, why, you know? And it, and it was a fascinating thing because I stopped and I paused and, I, and my sort of quick thing was like, well, why wouldn't I be doing it kind of thing? But I've reflected on that more and more about like, mm-hmm. what, why am I doing what I'm doing and, and what's the background on that? So Mike, today's show, uh, my guest is me, and then you and I are having a conversation. <laughs> uh, switcheroo. A switcheroo. Switcheroo. Yeah. And so I thought we'd just talk a little bit about uh, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think a lot of people would be surprised if they knew all of the things that you do that would be, let's say, above and beyond mm. what uh, a normal business uh, manager and owner would do. They don't have to get involved in some of the things that you've gotten involved with. So I've known you for, what, four years mm-hmm. now. And in that amount of time, I've seen uh, a wide swath of uh, the businesses uh, that are represented in Central Florida have some sort of contact with you. And you certainly you have your favorites, uh, right. I guess, your favorite causes that sure. We talk about a lot. Well, I, I, I will ask you about some of those today, but I think that's a good question. I think it's important for all of us to ask the why question. Why do we yeah. do it? Well, I think, you know, first off, Mike, I think that uh, my kids call me extra, right? That's what the kids say. I'm extra. I do kind of extra stuff, right? Okay. And of course, what the comedian would say back is like, it's better than being basic. Like that's like basic versus extra. I'm trying to extra. I think that what you typically see with business people is that, you know, running a business is hard and it's, it look, it's, it's look, look at the greatest athletes you've ever seen. How many great athletes can do two sports? Like you would think, yeah. you could think you'd take LeBron James Bo Jackson. And, yeah. Like take LeBron James, put him on a basket or a soccer court, you know, like your soccer field and think he could, you know, like, like, but you, when you think about Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders or any one of the great ones, hmm. it's hard. It's a, it's yeah. a hard thing. And so the same thing in business, if you're focused on your business, it's hard to do other stuff, right? Yeah, it is. And I think that the fantasy we kind of have in America for business leaders is like grow hard, grow the business, pound it, work like a dog, miss everything, sell your business, make a ton of money, and then enjoy your life. And I don't think that's a good life philosophy. Not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so my attitude was like, hey, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to make money and I'm going to make impact at the same time. Now, right. I will tell you, Mike, like 
you know, my net worth is not as, it's not as high as some other people. There are guys my age that in my industry that have a lot more than me and that's okay. Like I, I, I'm happy for them. Uh, you know, I made some different life choices, right? I made different life choices with spending time with my family and I made different life choices with serving and that's worked well for me. Mm-hmm. It has. I, um, there was a guy that really influenced my life. Uh, somebody that really helped me early on in my career and he was super business guy. Like he would work all week. And then a lot of times on the weekend, he would then go down to, he was in North Carolina, but he went to South Florida. He had a boat in the keys, a yacht mm. and we get on the yacht, but I'm telling you, he would get business people on the yacht and he would fish, but he was pounding them. And I went on one of these uh, trips with him one time and I was a young man and there was an older guy on the team there and he was just kind of berating the guy saying, you know, I'm worth 500 million. I want to get to a billion, you know? And it was one of those moments where it didn't feel fun, Mike. Like I'm watching these two guys yeah. go back and forth. So anyway, the years went by and, and he, again, he was influenced my career and uh, maybe 10 years to 11 years ago, I actually saw him at a conference and got to just thank him for all he did for me. And a few months later, he passed away. And I was, I t- was told that when he passed away, he was worth about $700 million, right? Wow. Never hit the billion. Never hit the billion. Um, and so I tried to honor him um, at an event, and I contacted his employees, and they had no interest. And recently, it was the 10-year anniversary of his passing, and I posted something on LinkedIn about it. Mm. And Mike, almost no one commented. Isn't that something? I mean, oh, and and by the way, he died in the office. He dropped dead in the office. So again, his business acumen, what he accomplished, absolutely fantastic. And I absolutely respect it. At the same time, what would have happened if he would have pulled back and maybe been worth 300 million, but, you know, had done some other things. Yeah. So there is a, a balance. And I will tell you, there is a constant tension in me that I have to work on because I get freaked out about, man, I need to make deals happen and get deals and don't make money. And I'm also trying to make impact and make our community a better place to live. Mm-hmm. So I do deal with that all the time. Yeah. And you, and from my standpoint, you're handling that well because you are a person with more than just one interest. You are a person, um, I think of you as the sports guy. You know, I, I've listened to you interview people, and I'm always amazed at how much you know about even football. I know you were a runner at FSG. Right, well, yeah, but you know. But you you know football, man. A little bit, a little bit. You know, you got things that you have passions about, things you're yeah. interested in. But I will tell you that, um, let's talk about balance real quick. Full disclosure, you know, I, uh, I've, I've had ulcers before. I had to get medically treated for that, and I had to change my diet. Uh, you know, I've had a mental health issue. I had clinical depression. It's now been about mm-hmm. 10 years ago, but I had a major clinical health thing. And I've also been hospitalized uh, for my back, right? So, you know, just think of all three of those things were all related to being imbalanced, mm-hmm. right? So while, again, you could look at my LinkedIn profile and be like, man, Crossman, you've made great impact. And that's true. Well, there's been a cost at times, yeah. physically, yeah. right? And, you know, and then again, in a level and financially, so to me, it's like, I'm always trying to kind of work on that, on that balance of those two, right? You know, we heard a guy speak yesterday at the chamber and it was quite an, an amazing testimonial story of a guy that was in the deeps of business, making more money than he could even imagine, but it was being done as it was to turn out later rather illegally. Oh boy. And, and so, but, the, but the point of it is he made the comment that along the way, he kind of included others along with him in this boat 
that people are at that level, they are forsaking something for something else. They're forsaking often their family. They don't even know what grade their kids right. are in practically. Right. And so those are things that are, are really, really important. And you go back to your friend that died, you know, when a, a guy like that, that is worth $700 million, his business, obviously a great success, but no one cares. Yeah. You know, that's such a sad story. And we got to realize that at the end of your life, there are going to be some things that are deemed more important than money. Right. And, and, and the opposite is true in the sense of money does matter, right? And we also know other men. I was dealing with a situation recently with a friend of mine who is raising somebody else's child. And the, the dad, the actual real dad, uh, has done nothing financially for the kid. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no life insurance. There's no 529. There's no nothing. Right. And that's real too. Um, and so I think that what I want to try to say, you know, because when I started getting into my why, part of it is my skill set. Part of it is, you know, the nurturing the environment I was brought in, up in. But there's other part of it that's a mindset. And I think that, again, we could have this kind of fantasy of like, what if, what if we won the lottery? And then you and I could just do whatever we want. We could go fishing or, you know, watch football yeah. and hang out all day. But I don't think that's how we were made. Like that's, it's, right. that's not yeah. how it is. And, and so people who get that are never happy. It yeah. Seems. And so to me, it's like it, we're made to work. You know, we need to work right now. Again, it, you think work in a healthy way. So embracing work that even if we hit a financial number mm-hmm. and we could walk away, it doesn't mean we should. Right. right. Like, let's keep working. Well, part and, of it is your faith. That's what that's what uh, motivates a lot of what you do. Well, it's it's all that. Right. Like, and I think some people you know, sort of miss that about me in that, you know, it's all at its core driven for that. And I'll give you an example. It's just like the concept of justice. You know, when we have power, when we have money, when we have opportunity, trying to think about people that don't have a voice. And so, you know, having really a depth of compassion for people incarcerated uh, you know, children, uh, people who are from a financially disadvantaged situation, people in the hospital, you know, those people, I wish we lived in a world where they all got the equal shot. They don't. Mm-hmm. And so to have a voice for those people and they'll use that opportunity to help is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just, it's core to who I am. You know, I, I think the faith, whether people realize it or not, faith is a factor in everyone's life, even if they're not believers, because they are putting their faith into the world. And right. we often, we all know that there are religions, There, are, there's a lot of that is a religion that today our people are chasing. As the famous theological philosopher Bob Dylan once said, we all serve somebody. That's so true. <laughs> we well, serve. the thing that is, is like, look, you can end up putting your faith in uh, a politician. You can put your faith in the stock market, right? And if you get overly wrapped, and, and that's not to say politicians, politics is not important or financial management is not important. They are. But if you get overly wrapped up into that. Yeah. And so to me, what I feel better now at a higher degree I've ever felt in my life is peace. Even when I feel peace, I still have times of anxiety, mm-hmm. right? I still mm-hmm. have times of sadness. Um, I still have times that I uh, feel exhaustion, Yeah. right? And so, but trying to kind of keep threading that needle of um, the work hard, the impact, the time with family, taking care of myself, and balancing all that. Yeah, that, that word balance, it, it plays in to everything you're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, listen, um, I want to, uh, we're going to take a break when I come back, and then I just have some sort of, just last series of key thoughts I want to talk about 
um, you know, for guys like us who are hearing this about how to maybe make the most of opportunities with their work and their business and their faith to impact their communities. It sounds good. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. I'd like to thank Maynard Cooper and Gale PC for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally who serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. Community Legal Services is a civil legal aid organization providing no-cost legal help to the underserved. They call it Legal Aid for All. Their attorneys assist with legal issues related to family law, housing, domestic violence, veterans' benefits, and much more. Community Legal Services is a community-supported program. To learn more and help support the mission, visit clsmf.org. That's clsmf.org. Community Legal Services. Legal Aid for All. Crossmark Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. Are you willing to serve communities in crisis around the world? To people who are impoverished, oppressed, and persecuted, Frontier Partners International offers mission opportunities in areas least served to meet the needs of the helpless, hapless, and hopeless, and is currently serving earthquake survivors in Syria. Share the love and joy of Christ and give the gift of a hope-filled future to someone in desperate need. Learn more at FrontierPartners.org. That's FrontierPartners.org. Once again, here is John Crossman. Hey, we are back here at the Crossman Conversation with Mike Gill and my boss, my producer. <laughs> so, say that. So, Every time, it's so funny to hear. Uh, well, I appreciate it. And so today, we're just, I'm just sharing a little bit about myself and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I appreciate Mike you always being so supportive. I do. I I think people respect you, John. And I think I know that you have a big heart for what you want people to think about. I know that it might be different for you. And I think it is than what a lot of people would do. But there are things that you want your life to speak out Mm -hmm. and you want other people to be able to see those things as a result for the way you live. Right. I do. And let me just sort of highlight a few of those. I mean, the first thing is, is that I love the word passion. And to me, it's like, I'm trying to really live in a passionate way. And what that means to me is like being all in. Now I say that it's being all in on the deep meaty thing, right? So of course I want and expect Florida State football to go undefeated every year. Right. <laughs> and of course you want that other team. To yeah. Do the that. other they team. Do up team. There, yeah. yeah. That's my right. show. It's my, my show. Uh, I tease you, but uh, you know, I love the University of Florida. You know that. You yeah. know that I guess lecture there That's and I right. give there and I serve there. 
And so my point being is like, do I, am I passionate about Florida State Athletics? Of course, it's a part of me. And yet there's something more important, and that's the students, right? That's kind of the whole point. It's pouring into these young people, providing these young people with resources so that they have the tools and they can impact the world. And that, you know, someday I'll be gone and I want to give away everything I have. And so I want to be passionate all in and share in, you know, in, in that context. And so what I would encourage people to reflect on is develop deep passion, right? And be intentional about where to throw that passion around in a meaningful way. So like, if somebody's like, it's like, well, John, I hear you. I want to do it for UCF. I'm like, hey, go do it. But man, do it for like students that need the most help. Do it on uh, topics like financial literacy that mm-hmm. are most meaningful or uh, mental health resources for students, like things that matter. If you watch the news, we often get wrapped up in topics that really are not impacting that, the percentage of the population, right? Like That's it, like, like the pork mentality, right? I right. mean, it's things that are are special to us. They, yeah. You know, that's the way a lot of people yeah. live. Yeah. And so, you know, you look at a topic in the news and, and it'll get all this attention. And I'm like, guys, like, I don't know how as a percentage of that's really hitting an issue, whereas other topics are extremely important, right? And if somebody's saying, if everyone's watching the news and they think, well, somebody should do something, it's you. <laughs> like, like, there are people living assisted living facilities right, right now, yeah. no one's visiting, and you could go read to them. There are children that need help with their homework. There are people that are incarcerated that we think, gosh, we got to get our crime rates down. Well, you know what? Sometimes people incarcerated, what they need is somebody to talk to them, yeah. right? And that may be somebody saying, hey, man, get you know, pay your child support, get a job, right? But we have to lean in and be passionate. And if we could find more and more people to pick these topics that are meaningful, meaty topics, not surfacey topics like conceptual or boogeyman concepts like you know, Mike, you need to worry about blank. Like there was an old Saturday Live skit where there was an insurance company that they had insurance to protect old people from robots that are going to eat your medicine, right? <laughs> but there's still like, there's all kinds of topics you and I could talk about where I'm like, gosh, that's not as meaty as, some topics are not sexy, but they're important, yeah, right? right? The second thing is like, I want people to remember me as somebody that serves and not to be served. You know, I do love the visual of like, when I wake up in the morning, in my brain, I put an apron on, not a crown, right? The end of my day. No, listen, the end of my day is not like, gosh, my crown is so shiny. It's John's apron. So dirty. Okay. And if I had this, uh, figurative apron at the end of my day, I I think it's going to have blood on it. It's going to have tears on it. Mm. It's going to have sadness on it. It's going to have, you know, sweat all over it. And I need to wash that thing out every day. But that, that visual of like, my job is to, is to try to make impact where I am. Right. And sometimes that's hugging somebody. Sometimes that's, you know, encouraging somebody that might be getting on somebody sometimes. Yeah. Right. But in the context of like, I'm trying to help serve. Right. And, and a tough part of that, Mike, is sometimes uh, it can get received in a wrong way. Like, like people think I'm getting on them and I'm mad at them. And it's like, I'm not mad at them. I love them. I'm trying to help them. That's good. Right. In church world, we have troubles that sometimes churches have gotten mad at me because they feel like I'm coming on too strong. And I'm like, guys, I'm trying to help your church thrive. Right. It's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. It's the same thing with like a politician or somebody else. Like, I'm, dude, I'm trying to help you. Right. So in that serve mindset and also in that serve mindset, uh, I serve people that don't look, don't look like me don't, from different backgrounds. And You've some, proven that, John. Well, and Mike, sometimes, honestly, it's comfortable for me and sometimes it's uncomfortable. 
Honestly, sometimes it, it clicks well, sometimes it doesn't. But that comes back to my faith, right? It comes back to my faith. Right. Um, the third thing I would say is that I'm really, really trying to live in a space of um, vulnerability um, and, and honesty. And again, like if somebody's like, oh gosh, I look at John's life, how that parts of it might be exciting or interesting or fun. And I would tell you like, yeah, no, I have some moments like that. I do have some moments where I'm interacting with a politician or CEO, a celebrity. There are those aspects. Um, but they're also very dark moments. And, you know, while I, I've had some huge moments of success, I have looked Mike deep in the abyss, dark. I've been in very, very dark, dark places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's an episode of, I mentioned this should be show uh, Ozark and the, the lead character in it, uh, Marty Bird has a moment where he decides the best thing to happen for his family is for him to kill himself. And he goes through this whole laundry list of like, and Mike, you know, I'm not saying, but what I really want to tell you is like, I get it. I mean, I get it because I know how high performing men who have got, they feel so much weight. Like you and I both know men who have yeah. called that play. Yeah. And I look at it and I go, it's wrong. And yet I'm like, I understand. Right. And so I try to lead with, uh, there are times I'm suffering. There's times that, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not in the best space. I'm not at my best game. And I have to reflect on that. And sometimes I, you know, say or doing something, I regret, so I have to repent and ask for forgiveness. You know, Mike, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, I really thought about going on Facebook and saying, I just want to ask forgiveness for, for everything bad I've ever done. You know, <laughs> a blanket, like, like, a blanket like, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> the last two things I just want to mention on uh, the fourth one is, is trust. My whole life, I felt like I've been a trustworthy man, meaning like if you dropped your wallet and I picked it up, Mike, I would not touch one nickel in there. I promise you, like you, know, you could trust me with, Absolutely. with your wallet. You that. could trust me like yeah. in, in many typical ways. I would say I'm a trustworthy man. I had to learn, though I was not trustworthy in, in relationships, in times um, I wasn't hearing people. Sometimes people in my household or in my business were telling me something important and I wasn't hearing them, and then I wasn't responding, and that broke trust. Mm-hmm. And part of what I had to learn there was confrontation, healthy confrontation. I grew up in a household that was um, articulate, but uncomfortable with confrontation. And so what happened was there'd be no confrontation, and then there'd be screaming and yelling, right? And so I've had to learn how to, like, how do I have a conversation, how do I have a confrontation with you, Mike? How do I, how do I say, Mike, you know, you and I were talking the other day about this football issue, this political issue, and I disagree with you. I want you to know I disagree with you. And yet I want to say yeah. that in a respectful way that you can hear it and we can still love each other. Yeah. And boy, I mean, it's taken me a long time to get there. Um, and then the last one, I want to say this, uh, I want to say this very clearly, like something to know about me and the, like the deep part of it is uh, I need help, man, I need help. And sometimes, well, years ago, I gave this guest lecture or a, a around 30 times in a bunch of churches in central Florida. And I still have this lecture and it was, it was why Christians should help poor people. And uh, I would talk about the importance of prison ministry, hospital ministry, homeless business ministry. And Mike, sometimes I literally got standing ovations and sometimes people were angry with me. Ooh. I mean, some people, some people do not want to hear anything. They think people go to prison. They should just rot there. And Mm -hmm. they have no, I, I, I don't know how they rectify that with scripture, but there's that. The most common thing that would happen to me after my dad would say, preaching my guts out, putting this all out there, 
is people would come up to me and ask me to help them. And I was, <laughs> I was like, guys, the purpose of the message is trying to me to help encourage you to help others. Yeah. I'm exhausted. And what's encouraged me to see you help others, not for me to keep giving. Mm-hmm. And so people of faith that hear this, please pray for me. Oh my gosh, do I need prayer? Oh my gosh, do I need wisdom? And, you know, with some of these topics, what I need is help, right? And I don't, I don't, I don't want to argue with people. What I really want to do is try to focus on impact. And like, if I'm doing something that you're not passionate about, that's okay. Go to what you're passionate about. You know, if you're against what I'm doing, well, again, we maybe we're on opposing views. That's okay yeah. too. But I need more and more help with what I'm doing. People that are willing to get shoulder to shoulder with me. That's beautiful. You, you know, Mike, um, there are people very commonly, if I'm very vulnerable here with you, that will say they want to help me. But what they want is they want me to pay them <laughs> to help them yeah, or to help me. And then they don't want to sacrifice at all. And that's not the best space for me to be in. That's right. why I love our relationship. Cause like, man, you're really there for me. Like we're in a partnership, right? And I need more partnerships where I'm, I'm sacrificing or sacrificing for a greater good. I love it. And I think these are helpful things because all of us, you know, we are all in the boat of giving. We all need to be doing that. I think of the verse, the Bible says, Jesus said this, the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. Right. And and I'm, that's his heart. And, and that's what I'm hearing from you. And our human tendency is to turn around and hear your message and then think, how can John help me instead of how can I help somebody else? Well, I would say this, Mike, is like, in one context, like, forget me, but whoever you see in your life that's like me, think of those same things. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, hey, John, like, um, I'm hearing this, but for me, it's my my local pastor. For me, it's my local politician. Well, dude, send them a thank you note, bake them a cake, uh, donate to their organization, uh, buy their book you know, give them a review on Facebook, you know, or whatever, whatever Amazon or whatever. Yeah, right. My point, my point being is that like it, it, all of what I've disclosed, it doesn't have to be about me. It could be about anybody that's kind of a high performing leader. If you think of some of your life and whoever it is, like just visualize, close your eyes and say, gosh, who is out there? That's just really killing it and doing like crushing it and getting stuff done. If you show me that person, I will tell you they are suffering. There's no way to have high performance without suffering. And so to be sensitive with our prayer and our time and our thoughts and our support. Well said. Out there. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, this is a little different one today. Just you and me kind of talking, but I hope this was helpful. Yeah. And I hope this kind of framework sets things up as uh, we continue to have the guests that we're going to have and hopefully helping them make impact. So thank you. That's great. You got it, my friend. All right. This has been the Crossman Conversation. Me and Mike hanging out today. And as always, support your local HBCU. This has been Crossman Conversation, produced by a Crossman Career Builders Mark Radio Production.